Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. I want to do a Bible study tonight out of Luke's Gospel in chapter 16. So join me if you would there. Luke chapter number 16. We, uh, we began uh, a little series a few weeks back on the subject of eternity for all. Sometimes, you know, you think about, you know, in our, in our world, eternity, it's eternal life, you know, and everlasting life, uh, but it's eternity for all. And what we took notice of thus far is that there is eternal life, but then there's also eternal death, right? We spent three weeks looking at eternal life, and uh, last week we took notice to the mode of transportation that God uses to get us to heaven, right? And uh, it was pretty simple, right? Just kind of two modes. Uh, What were they? One is death, and the other is rapture. And then we gave uh, examples uh, in the Bible. We looked at Genesis chapter 5, and there's a a fellow in Genesis chapter number 5, interesting text, is it not, where it says, uh, Enoch walked with God. That's a testimony in and of itself, right? Wouldn't it be wonderful if it was said of you, if somebody said, you know, your name, and, and then somebody replies, yeah, they, you know, they really walk with God. That, that person really loves God, very visible in their life. Well, the Bible says, Enoch, walk with God, and then it goes on and says, and he, he was not. Why was he not? Huh? For God took him. I'm not trying to trick you, I promise. So Enoch walked with God, and he was not, because God took him, right? So there's no, it doesn't say Enoch walked with God, he died, and then God resurrected him. No, Enoch walked with God, and one day he was not. He was translated into heaven. So that would be an example of a rapture, right? Then we looked at, the example of how God transports some of his children through the, the vehicle of death. And we talked about that fellow named Lazarus, right? And how God, uh, on a specific day, sent, he sent, I love this, he sent his angels, you know, to transport Lazarus to his heavenly home. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? You know, and, and what you catch then is a glimpse of Lazarus in a very comforted state of being, you know, and, uh, and so he died, he had to die, but, you know, God sends his angels to gather him, and you know, I, this may be far-fetched and a little corny, but I really do believe that when we die, God sends his angels to fetch us, right? You know what that word fetch means, right? God sends his angels, come get us, and, 
and transport us to heaven, you know? And, uh, and so if you don't believe that, I don't really care. That's what I believe, and you're not going to change what I believe. <laughs> Amen? Just the way it is. Uh, and so, but uh, this story here is intriguing because it goes on and shares the death record of another man. So you read about Lazarus, who God transports to heaven, right? And we see him in a very comforted state of being. But then there's the death record of another man. And we're not told this fellow's name, right? There's no name. But what we're told about him is this. When, when he lived on earth, he was, he was a man of, be, of, of great wealth. He, he did pretty good for himself, you know? Uh, the Bible says he fared sumptuously. We would, we would say, you know, he, he's a pretty rich dude. Had everything, everything he wanted. Didn't want for anything, right? But... He died too, right? So we have the story of a fellow named Lazarus, and he's, he's, he's a real person. The Lord gives us his name. He dies. He's transported by the angels into heaven. But then it says this other fellow dies, the death record. This other fellow dies, and he's buried. And then it says, and in hell, right, in hell. Uh, and, and this story is probably the most detailed scripture that we have on the subject of hell. I mean, there's other parts, parts of the Bible. In fact, you've heard this probably before that Jesus spoke more about hell than he did about heaven. You know, trying to warn people of, you know, eternal death, eternal damnation. Uh, but this story here uh, gives, I mean, it's just some, some, some real detail uh, that I think it, it causes us to, to maybe think about. The Bible's clear. Those who reject Christ will spend eternity in separation from God. Listen, look at, look at the record. Revelation chapter number 20. It says, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is What? The second death, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So we often speak about hell, don't we? Right? We speak about hell and people who die without Christ, they go to hell. But hell really isn't the final destination of the unsaved. The lake of fire is. Because the Bible says, and I showed you that text of scripture, that death and hell were cast into the lake of fire, you know, and we're going to talk maybe a little bit about that at another time, uh, but, but that's the facts. People who die without Christ spend eternity separated from God. So there's eternal life for those who believe in Christ, and then there's eternal death for those who don't, right? So let's read the record. Look at this text of Scripture. It says in verse 19, there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. He did pretty good for himself. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. Can you, can, can you picture this? You know, I mean, we, can, we see it all the time. You know, if you ever been to a third world country, you have the have-nots, you have the haves and the have-nots 
all on the same street. You know, you have a beautiful mansion, and right next door you have a shack. You have people that have, are limbless, no limbs, standing in front of a, a wealthy person's house. I mean, I, I can see it vividly. And it says in, in this text of Scripture here, in verse 22, it came to pass that the beggar, Lazarus, died, and as I said a moment ago, was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. But then it says the rich man also died and was buried, and in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus, uh, Lazarus in his bosom. And he, and he cries out and he says, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime received good things, likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he's comforted and thou art tormented. And, and beside this, between us there's a great gulf fixed. So that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence or from, from where you're at. Then he said, I, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou would send him, Lazarus, to my father's house. Why? He said, because I have five brethren, and I don't, want, I don't want them to come here, so I have five brethren. Let him go and testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Abraham responds, in verse 29, Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets. Let your brothers hear them. That was his response. And he said, he said, Nay, no, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will, man, they'll, they'll listen to him. They'll repent. And he said unto them, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. That's a, powerful, that's a powerful story. And it's still in the Bible. <laughs> it's still there. And it still needs to be proclaimed. Right? And because it talks about eternal death. Here's, here's, here's what the Bible says. Here's record. John chapter number 3. We love verse 16. Right? But verse 17 says, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not, look at the next few words, next few words, it, he's condemned already. Right? Why? Because he's not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Acts 4, verse 12, neither is there salvation in any other, for there's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. Amen. But he says here in this text, he says, he that believeth on him is not condemned, he that believeth not is condemned already. Or in other words, we're born with condemnation in us. We're born, we're born, we're born with condemnation stamped upon our record. The only way to get uncondemned is to get saved. That's the record. Uh, there's another record, 1 John chapter 5. You read it before? Verse 11, John says this, and this is the record, that God has given to us eternal life. And this life, this life is in his Son. He that has the Son of God has 
He that has not the Son of God, but the wrath of God abideth upon him. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know, that ye may know that you have eternal life, and that you can believe on the name of the only begotten Son of God. That's the record. And the record is clear. Isn't that right? So when you, when you come to this text of Scripture here, it's, it's rather alarming when you begin to think about folks who we may know that aren't saved. And there's several things that I want to highlight from this passage tonight. Um, Doug, just shift a little bit so I can see the clock. There you go, perfect. Um, it tells me how much time I have left. So it's only 5 o'clock, so we're, we're in good shape. Well, Doug, thank you for changing that. Uh, but notice, notice a few statements here in this text, and it kind of builds. Notice how it says um, in, in, uh, in verse number um, 22, it came to pass the beggar died, of course was carried into Abraham's blood. But then it says the rich man also died, was buried, and in hell. Did you see the, the rapidity of that? Did you see how rapid that happens? Think about that for a second. Here's a man, your neighbor, my neighbor, your relative, my relative, a friend, a foe, somebody we work with, somebody we've never met. He dies, he's buried, and in hell. That's pretty rapid. Huh. And according to this text of Scripture, and according to the Bible, and that's all we have, Right? That's all we have. According to the Bible, hell is a real place. It's as real as heaven. Now, here's the problem, and I'm not preaching, but here's the problem. Today in our society and in our churches, even good churches like this one, we no longer like to believe that there is a hell. But there is. There is. And people who die without Christ, people who die without accepting Christ and his payment on the cross, go there. Huh? Right? Uh, that's what the Bible teaches, you know? And, and so hell, according to this text, is a real place. Look, he died, was buried, and in hell. Uh, Notice something else in this text. Notice that he lifts up his eyes. Did you see it? He lifts up his eyes, verse 23. And in hell, he lifted up his eyes. And what did he say? <laughs> well, he sees, look at it. He sees Abraham. Abraham. He sees the Old Testament patriarch, Abraham. Now, wait a second. He's in hell, but he looks up and he sees Abraham. And in his bosom is Lazarus. <laughs> Think about it. So now, we, can't, we have a short amount of time to deal with these things, but let me just make a comment. Here's a fella, a real fella. He dies, he's buried. Next moment, he's in hell. And he has the ability to see. He's got his faculties. He knows exactly who it is he's looking at because he cries out in hell and says to Abraham, 
Father Abraham. He recognizes Abraham. And then he recognizes Lazarus. He didn't have time for Lazarus when he was at his gate begging. But boy, he knows his name now, doesn't he? Are you with me? And so I guess, again, it's evidence that when people die, the death, you know, death without Christ, they are still very much who they are, yet in a place called hell, where they cry out for mercy. Look, look at the next statement here in verse 24. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. He's crying out for mercy. Do you see it? He's thirsty. He's asking for relief. And I think maybe this is the worst statement of all. He says in verse, look at it, 24, for I am tormented in this flame. Now look here. I get it. We have no idea who this fella is or was. And cold-hearted people might say, you know what? He had his chance. Huh? He had pleasure in unrighteousness. He got what he deserved. But if that was your brother, or if he was your father, or your grandfather, or your cousin, or somebody you really loved, and you heard I'm being tormented in, that, in this flame, it certainly has to burn your heart, wouldn't you, wouldn't you think? I'm tormented in this flame. Extreme suffering. Notice what Abraham says. Abraham said in verse 25, this has got to be tough. Remember. Remember. He's got a memory. Huh? He's, he's in hell. He's on the other side. He's in eternity. And he says, remember. Remember what? Remember that huh, when you were on earth, dude, you did pretty good. Right? You didn't have time for anything. You missed the whole point of life. That's probably what he was saying there. Remember when you were on earth? You know? All you thought about was making more money? Gaining more status? Did you, ever, did you ever read the story where Jesus is speaking to the, to the rich farmer? And that guy says, man, I'm doing pretty good. My business is really, it's happening, man. My business is growing. I think, here's what I have to do. I got to build bigger barns. I better go build me some bigger barns. And you know what the Lord said to him? Huh? Anybody know? What do you say? What do you call him? Thou fool. You fool. And then he said after that, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Or in other words, what he's saying is this, you missed the whole point of life. You're a fool. And I think that's maybe what Abraham is saying here. Remember, in your lifetime you've received good things. <laughs> Lazarus. But now he's comforted and you're tormented. So I don't know, maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe it sinks in. 
you know that this is it for me. Maybe he gets it. Because what, what, what's he do? He turns his attention. Look. Then he said, verse 27. He said, then I said, then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou would send him to my father's house. See, he gets it. Abraham says to him, look here, even if I would, even if I could, even if I wanted to, I couldn't help you. Why? Go back to verse number 26 for a moment. He said, there's a great gulf fixed. Do you see that? There's a great gulf fixed. What is that? Look at the screen for a second. Can you see that? That's the best I can do for you. And I really can't, I can't use my pointer because it doesn't show on the TV screen. But if you can, if you can envision that, you see, the, you see like on the, on the top there, you see earth, and then you see paradise and hell. You see, do you see that? So based upon this, this chart, and I don't know what you believe, and it's okay, whatever you believe, but based upon this chart, it appears that hell is in the center of the earth. Can you see it up there? Huh? Uh, and one side is paradise. The other side is hell. Right? You see it? So when Lazarus died, he went to paradise. When the rich man died, he went to hell. And you notice right in, right, right in the center there, there's a great gulf fix. There's a chasm there so that you can't get from one place to the next. Do you remember when Jesus is on the cross and the, the malefactors, the ones said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom? Correct. You remember what Jesus said to him? Today thou shalt be with me where? He didn't say heaven, did he? Where did he say? Paradise. What's paradise? Paradise was the Old Testament compartment for the souls of those who were saved. So Moses and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and you name them, David, Solomon, huh? Rahab, Queen Esther. We can go on and on and on. When they died believing in God, their soul, their body went into the grave or whatever they did with it, but their soul went to paradise. Are you with me? And when Lazarus died, his soul went to paradise. Yeah. Uh, the rich man went to hell. Now, here's the interesting thing. When Jesus Christ was crucified, soon thereafter he was buried. And the Bible says he went and preached to the captives. Right? Did you ever read that text in Ephesians? He went and preached to the captives. And some would have us to believe that Jesus, during that period of time, went and preached to the souls in hell. But think about that for a second. Now, I don't know what you believe, and I don't want to upset what you believe. But what good would it be for Jesus to go and preach to people that are already in hell? Their destiny was sealed. What would he preach? I told you so? Would that be the title of the message? I told you so? 
What do you think about it now? Aren't you sorry? No, I believe he went to paradise. Because the Bible then says he led captivity captive. And in Matthew chapter number 27, the souls of those Old Testament saints came up out of the grave with him and didn't enter into heaven until he went up. So guess what it says in Matthew 27? Read it for yourself. The souls of those Old Testament saints were seen in the streets of Jerusalem. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> how about that? But how about this rich fellow? Well, he's still in that place called hell because there's coming a day, if you look at the chart, when death and hell will be swallowed up in the, see it over there? The lake of fire. So people that are in hell will be brought up, stand before judgment, and then cast into the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Well, that's, I'm so glad I'm saved. I'm so glad, Donna, most of our family names the name of Christ. We have, I, I, I probably can count on maybe one hand and one foot how many family members we have that aren't saved. Thank the Lord for that. Yes, sir. matter of faith right got nothing to do with possessions or positions faith amen so he says by the way if you want I can get you a copy of that chart I'll print it out for you uh, look at it again he says he says verse 27 would you please send Lazarus to my father's house and notice notice the response Moses Abraham said they have Moses and the prophets. Let your brothers hear them. What's he saying? Pardon me? They have an opportunity. What do they have? Say what? They got the word of God. And the men of God. They got the word of God and they got the men of God. They got Moses, which is a picture of the law, the word of God, and the prophets. God's mouth, the men of God. So they have the word of God and the men of God. Let your brothers hear them. And he says, no, man, I know my brothers. They're not going to listen to them. But if one came back from the dead, surely. But you know what Abraham says? Look at verse 31. He said, if they'll not listen to the word of God and the men of God, they're not going to be persuaded though one come back from the dead. Why? Because faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Jesus said, blessed are they who believe, not blessed are they who see. Right? Amen? Well, that's a powerful text of scripture, isn't it? And so Abraham responds, and, and, and the record's clear. But then the questions come, right? So you read, at least I do, I read through that passage of scripture, and all of a sudden, I, I start to think, so, so is hell a real place? And, and if it is, where is it located? Right? I mean, where is hell? Uh, are people really being tormented? I mean, to tell you, is there really fire in hell? Or is it just a place where, you know, if you like Reese's peanut butter cups, you'll never be able to eat one, and, and everybody that's there eats them in front of you? 
For like chocolate ice cream, there's nothing but strawberry. I don't know. Because there's some people that really have these crazy ideas about eternity. But all we have is the Word of God. And I know, I, I, listen, I'm not one that likes to bang people over the head with the idea of hell, but it's real, and it ought to motivate us to go out and say you're going to die and go to hell. No, to go out and say Jesus loves you, and he died on a cross for you. He shed his blood so that you can be forgiven and spend eternity in heaven, because if not, then you're going to have eternity in hell. That's, that's the message. Isn't that right? That's the facts. How could a loving God send people to suck? These are the questions that I don't believe in. What? Why? Because if you say God is a loving God, how could he send people to hell? God doesn't send people to hell. God didn't create hell for people. Right? No. People go to hell their own choosing because they neglect to accept Christ as their personal Savior. Is hell really eternal? All valid questions, right? And in another Bible study, we'll highlight some of those questions. But can I share with you tonight in closing the most important question? How can I avoid hell? Is hell real? Is real fire, torments? And real question is how can I avoid hell? And as we said before, your name's got to be written down in the Lamb's Book of Life, right? Here's a record. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen? Aren't you glad it said for whosoever? Right? I mean, it's anybody, everybody, me and you and everybody like us, right? It goes on and says this. And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of, uh, of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Right? Got to hear the word of God. Word of God has got to be. That's the life-giving agent, right? Holy Spirit, Word of God. Holy Spirit takes the seed of the Word of God, and you get born again. Amen? So, if you're not saved, you certainly want to get saved. And if you are saved, you certainly want to share the message with someone who's not saved. Because hell's a reality, right? Eternity is for all, whether you're saved or unsaved. If you're saved, eternal life. If you're not, What's the alternative? It's eternal death. Eternal separation from God forever. And forever is a long time. Right? Amen, class? Well, praise the Lord. A couple of weeks, we're going to have uh, everybody back with us. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start a series called Sunday Night or uh, summer, Summertime Revival. And we're going to look at a theme of revival. What, what, what is genuine, heaven-sent revival all about? What does it look like? Can we even have it? You know? I mean, it's a forgotten word in some circles. You know, and then in some of it, we just, ah, bless God, we need revival. 
wait, this knee revival. What in the world is that? Huh? And if it ever occurred, would you even know what happened? Say it again. That down there in Asbury? Some in Asbury? They called it revival, right? My only answer to that would be you look at the fruit of something, right? Because there's, there would be opposition. Ah, that's not a river. And then there's your support man, that's revival. Well, what's the fruit? Just stay back long enough because if it's genuine revival, it'll have fruit. There'll be lasting results and things will change. You won't be the same, right? You might eventually get back to being the same, but you won't be the same for a while if genuine revival occurs. And by the way, you know, it doesn't have to be a church-wide revival. It can just be an individual thing between you and God. And that's the better one. <laughs> because if you catch it, somebody around you might catch it, and before long, somebody else might catch it. And man, you know what they said? If you set the church on fire, people will come just to watch it burn. And that's what we need to do here at OB. We need to set this place, not literally. We need to set this church on fire with our faith, with our love for Christ, with our commitment to the things of the Lord. Amen? Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.